time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. COVID-19 is the biggest health crisis in our lifetime. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals to stop it, but we need your help. Even if you don't feel sick, you could be carrying it. And just one person with the virus can infect another 40, who then infect thousands more. So I've issued an executive order requiring everyone to stay home to help limit the spread of the virus. Let's protect the people we love. Stay home and stay safe. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, This hour, we're going to be talking poop. Now, a lot of you may think that we talk poop every day on the Tom Sumner Program, but this is a little different. Uh, My guest this hour has been on the show before. He's from Lawn Starter, and they do uh, some some interesting surveys and uh, comparisons, and we've shared some of those, and, and they've done one that has to do with poop. And uh, to explain that is uh, joining me now by phone, Jeff Herman. Hi, Jeff. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Um, what was it that prompted you to uh, actually? Let me let me just set this up a little better. The the study that I hinted at is um, literally metro areas with the crappiest lawns in America. Um, what was it that that made you think it was important to rate these cities? And you've got ten isolated here. One that's in Michigan, Lansing, East Lansing. I'll mention, um, came in at uh, number eight. The reason this was a focus for us is because our pros they deal with this on a day to day basis with lawns that are littered with dog poop, and dog poop is bad for so many reasons. One. It, contains a lot of, uh, it can make you sick. It can make your dog sick, and you don't want that to happen. So it's important to pick this up, and it's important for those lawn care crews because it, it, it's a problem for them. It stinks up their equipment. It causes problems for them with during from one lawn to the other. It's, it's just something that you don't think about that's very easy to resolve. Just when you go outside, make sure you got those plastic bags, in this time of COVID, make sure you got your face mask and bend over to pick up uh, after your dog. It's especially important this time of year, I would think, because of uh, um, in the autumn and falling leaves, it makes it a lot more difficult to actually see and avoid uh, accidentally stepping in it. Absolutely. And what most people don't realize is it can take up to a year for a dog species to disintegrate. 
So, you know, in the fall, as it starts to get wet, as it starts to get colder, that will prolong the whole process of that deterioration. And I got to ask you, you you've got some uh, some do's and don'ts, um, and and of course everybody knows about poop bags and and the mutt mitts, and as you point out, there's a whole industry that's out there trying to make it easier to clean up. Um, but you say that uh, that people shouldn't put those poop bags in the trash. No, actually, that was. From my own personal oh, experience oh, in, I'm in reading. Austin, Texas, yeah, you should put them in the trash, obviously, but it was the craziest thing, walking hiking trails in Austin, Texas, and you see the poop bags, you know, in the trees, as if people didn't want to take them to a trash receptacle someplace. They just throw them up in the trees and they stick in the trees, which isn't doing the trees good, isn't doing anyone any good. Yeah, I, I read that wrong. It, it says to to put poop in the trash, don't just leave them at the curb or toss them in, in the, the trees as you just described. It, uh, it's, the, it's important to remember that, you know, you're doing this for yourself and for your neighbors. So if you are walking sidewalks, if you are walking in a trail somewhere, the last thing you want to do is, you know, a beautiful afternoon walk and you see somebody who just dropped the poop bag along the side of the sidewalk or, you know, just tossed it willy-nilly anywhere around. You picked it up, put it in the trash. It's kind of completing the whole process. And and it really isn't that uh, that cumbersome. I mean, it doesn't take that long to do, and it's not like you don't know that your dog has done it because you got to stop and stand there while they do it. Right. And, you know, it's just... If you think about it, you know, there are times when, you know, it, it might seem like it's a burden to do, but if your front lawn, if you see your neighbors are going out of their way to not cut across the grass to your front door, but they go down the sidewalk and down the driveway, into the street, and in, up your driveway and your sidewalk, that might be because your yard needs somebody to pick up after your dog. Um, because the last thing you want to do is neighborly. You don't want your neighbor to step in this stuff because, you know, if you do it, it's one thing, but if they do it, then you get sort of, they're kind of reluctant to visit you. Um, but just be neighborly about this too. It, it's easy to do, and once you do it, it becomes habit. Now, how did you determine these, uh, these 10 cities that are considered the crappiest uh, lawns in America? <laughs> We asked our pros, and we asked them, and we had their complaints from customers and the complaints from the pros, so that we had you know incidents of poo, dog poo incidents per you know visit, and that's how we rated those were the cities that had the most dog poo incidents per visit for all of the pros, and we worked with the cities that we had more than a hundred different clients, so you know it was representative of you know the areas that have the most concentrated problems so people aren't doing their their job of picking it up. And there are whole services out there who do this. So it's just assuming that the, the lawn care guy will clean it up, but there are other people out there who do this, and they've got some really hilarious names that are memorable that it's hard to remember, but you know, you, you, it, it, it's very easy to remember the services that they do pick up after your dog if you don't want to do it yourself. And so these these cities is 
have you speculated at all about why these cities are worse about it than than others um you know i i could say well you know in the north it gets very cold some parts of the year so you know i can understand you know people not wanting to take the time in lansing or colorado springs but you've got el paso texas and and phoenix on the list Right, and the only thing we're figuring is that in Phoenix it may be too hot and you just don't want to deal with this because it's hot to be outside much of the summertime, so that may be part of it. In Seattle, Tacoma, Bellevue, they're number one, and maybe it's because of the climate out there. It's you know very damp, very wet, very rainy and drizzly, so maybe it's also something that you're outside with your dog and the last thing you want to do is stoop over to pick this up, but it's part of the responsibility of owning a dog. So, you know, you pick up after your dog. It's the simplest thing to do, and it's also the right thing to do. Now, you suggest that there are uh, potential um, health risks risks to not disposing properly of dog poop. Um, can you explain that a little bit? Sure. Uh, dog do spreads disease, and which diseases? It's hookworm, tapeworm, roundworm. And E. coli, and that's just for starters. It, it, the other is just sort of the issue for people. It's just not good if somebody steps in the stuff and carries it in the house, and it's just a mess to clean up. So the diseases are a problem for the pets themselves. And then an expert who was in our story mentioned that some dogs have a habit of eating their own poop and that creates problems for them, too. So, you know, more than anything else, pick it up for your dog. Pick it up for the other dogs that are, might be out there who might have this bad habit. And, you know, it's just the right thing to do for people and for the your best friend, your dog. And with um, now, now that this list is out, uh, and where do you send a list like this? <laughs> Well, we send it to those cities that are on the list and then to other media places that might be interested in something that is kind of odd and quirky and water cooler kind of conversation. You know, who would have thought that, you know, this is a problem and that you could rate cities on something like this? But, you know, it is something that is an issue, particularly for people who are mowing lawns. Uh, some of the quotes from some of our pros were shocking. You know, you think about the lawnmower, that's one part of it. One pro asked if he could charge a fee for the cleaning of his lawnmower after this because some lawns are so full of dog dew. And another said that you don't think about it, but weed whacking, if you weed whack this and it winds up in your face, as he said happens, it just ruins your day. Well, it's um, it's an interesting uh, comparison of uh, of cities. Um, and, and just just quickly, uh, the list in uh, in order is uh, starting with number one: Seattle, Tacoma, Bellevue, Washington, Colorado Springs is number two; Toledo is number three; Phoenix is number four; El Paso, Texas at number five; San Diego, uh, Chula Vista, Carlsbad, uh, California is number six; the uh, Buffalo metro area, uh, including Niagara Falls in New York. I mentioned Lansing and East Lansing, Michigan, Asheville, North Carolina, and uh, and then finally at number ten, uh, Albany, New York is uh, that metro area is on the list as well. Um, 
how did Jeff? How did you get started uh, coming up with lists like this, and and how did this list, um, you know, where did the idea for this list? Uh, I, I think you said it was because of complaints from from workers who deal with it when they try to do landscaping. Sometimes you try and mine all of the data that's out there for a particular study, you know, whether it's the best cities to work from home because we're all working from home. That's one that we're working on now. But this is one where we used our own data, and that's actually pretty cool because you're using your own information in something that is unique to your particular field of business. So when you're trying to think of something, what is the data that we have that might be of interest that only we have, that's how we came up with this idea. And it was my own idea back in uh, late July, and it just took us a while to be able to get the data and to be able to survey our, our pros in order to produce this particular study. Well, this is, um, this is, is fascinating, and um, I, I think... Uh, Interestingly, there's an author who's just come out with a book that is called Who Gives a Poop? <laughs> We're going to be interviewing her next Friday. So some somehow talking poop has become a Friday thing here, at least for a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, Jeff, thanks so much for uh, you know being willing to come on and talk about this. Um, what are some of the other studies that Lawn Starter is... Uh, is working on or, or collecting information for? The the most recent one that will be coming out next is uh, the best cities to work remotely. And we also have one on the, the top agricultural schools and universities. And then you have more down the line that we're working on, everything from the, the cities that are the biggest Bah humbug cities as we go into the holidays, and we had a couple studies on wine counties, but those are all on hold because of the fires in California. Wow. Nobody's thinking about wine because of the fires, but you know there will be a time when we're thinking about wine again, and we have those studies ready to go. Interesting. Well, again, Jeff, thanks so much for spending this time with me this morning. I appreciate it very much, and uh, <laughs> keep up the uh, keep up the good work, uh, you guys. Uh, do a lot of important crap. <laughs> we'll do, and I guess this is proof that in the course of my business, I know now how to talk S-H-I dog stuff, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've, uh, this, this show has gone to the dogs a little bit today, but, uh, <laughs> but Jeff, thanks, thanks again, and uh, best of luck to you with uh, Lawn Starter and, uh, and to all your crew. Thanks so much, Tom. Have a terrific Friday. All right. Take care. That was uh, Jeff Herman. He's from Lawn Starter. And the, the study is um, actually called the, the uh, crappiest, the literal crappiest lawns in America, looking at metro areas where people just aren't very good about cleaning up uh, dog poop after themselves. Anyway, we're, uh, we're going to talk dogs um, with uh, author Dave Pilkey coming up after we take a short break. So don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse. We'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead.
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Hi, I'm Dr. Jonay Caldoun. We know that COVID-19 is spreading rapidly across Michigan right now. The most important thing people can do to protect themselves is social distancing. That means unless you are a critical infrastructure worker or going out to get food or medicine for your home, you should be staying at home. Stay home, stay safe, save lives. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays at 11 for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. This is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. The beans, the draft card burnings, and best of all, the music. Well, now Apple House has collected the finest of those songs on one album called Golden Protest, performed by the original artists who made them famous. You'll thrill to Society's Child by Janicean, Pleasant Valley Sunday by the Monkeys, What Have They Done to the Rain by the Searchers, In the Ghetto by Elvis Presley, Silent Night, 7 O'Clock News by Simon and Garfunkel, and who can ever forget this all-time classic... Yes, it's Barry Maguire's immortal Eve of Destruction. And, of course, my own Masters of War, all for the incredibly low price of $3.95. And if you order now, you'll also receive a treasury of acid rock featuring vanilla fudge, blue chair, frigid pink, Moby Grape, the electric prunes, Jeff Snareplane, Lotharian hand people, to name but a few. Plus, as part of this special limited offer, you also get the best of the supergroups with Traffic, Cream, Blind Faith, Ginger Baker's Air Force, and many, many others. Yes, this is a collector's dream, Golden Protest, plus two fabulous 60s albums, all for only $3.95. If you were to purchase these selections separately, they'd cost you hundreds of dollars, and many cannot be found anywhere at any price. Well... It's time for my boot heels to be wandering. But here's something will tell you how you can get this amazing record package. Here's how to order this amazing record package. Just send $3.95 and check your money order plus your name and address to Apple House Box 70K South Bend, Indiana. Once again, that's $3.95 and check your money to Apple House Box 70K. Do it ThetomSumnerProgram.com ThetomSumnerProgram.com
This is Jill Stein, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, this is the Tom Sumner Program, and my guest joining me by phone is uh, the creator of Captain Underpants and now the New York Times uh, bestseller, Dog Man. He has a new book out called Lord of the Fleas, and uh, he joins me by phone. Of course, I'm talking about Dave Pilkey. Hiya, Dave. Welcome back. Thanks, Tom. It's great talking to you again. How you doing? I'm doing well. Now, it, it seems like um, the last time you were on, we talked a little bit about how you actually created Captain Underpants when you were in the second grade. That's right. Yeah, I I was a I, I was a, a child who didn't quite fit in in the school I was at. I was uh, diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia, and I was having a lot of problems behaving myself and and controlling myself. And my teacher really didn't know what to do with me, so she she moved a little desk out into the hallway, and she made me sit out <laughs> in the hallway, and that's where I started creating my stories. That uh, was your first happened. office. That's right. That's right. My first studio, and that's where Captain Underpants started, and Dogman too. Um, now I I, I want to ask you because this this book has a uh, a feature that I've not seen before, um, and I got to think of what it's called. It's uh, Fliparama. Oh, Fliparama! Yeah. That's is, animation. is that a new thing uh, in <laughs> in the Pilkey uh, Library? Actually, it started with Captain Underpants. Um, it's it's a process of animating some of the pages <laughs> where you <laughs> where you flip one page you flip one page back and forth, and it it makes it look like it's an animated uh, little cartoon, and um, it's kind of a way to sort of break up the book a little bit. because I I have uh, dyslexia. And sometimes when I was a kid, reading would be a, a bit of a chore, a bit of a challenge, and sometimes you just need a little break. And so the the books, uh, Captain Underpants, including, and, and Dogman as well, have this little feature where you you just stop every now and then and you, flip, and you make your own little cartoon. Now, this one's called Lord of the Fleas. Does it have uh, any, any uh, kinship to Lord of the Rings or Lord of the Flies? Uh, it has a little bit, uh, one mention of Lord of the Rings and, and several mentions of, of Lord of the Flies. Um, it, it kind of um, it was inspired by some of the themes that are in Lord of the Flies. And, uh, and it's an original story, but um, it, it kind of takes some of those, some of those uh, wonderful themes from that classic book and, and kind of plays with them a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, I'm... I, tempted to ask if you ever really grew up from the uh, second grade. <laughs> I, I think there's a part of me that still is very much deeply rooted in the second grade. And yet, one of the things that um, is is a, uh, a, a real serious spinoff from your books is the delight that kids have reading them. Yeah. And it and it yeah. actually encourages kids to read where other things might not. You said you experienced that a little bit when you were young, um, when your mother would let you pick out things at the library that you wanted to read, and they turned out to be, of course, Mad Magazine, and you know, um, less yeah. a little less than the classics, but but still, it uh, it it was a great way to get you hooked on reading. 
Yeah, yeah. I think everybody has to start somewhere. And for me, I started with Mad Magazine and with <laughs> comics. Um, but it was really about about making an association in my mind where reading equals fun. And when I started out, it wasn't really like that. I was having so many struggles, and reading seemed like a chore to me. But my mom would take me to the library, and with no judgment whatsoever, just let me get whatever I wanted. And it didn't matter if it wasn't you know, in my age category or wasn't my reading level or if I'd already read it a thousand times. She, she didn't care as long as I was reading. And that, that just made all the difference for me. Now, there's a couple of mentions uh, in the book about reading to your cat. And if I put my foil hat on, I, if I, I would suspect that you're, you've actually stumbled onto a way to trick kids into reading. Well, I think it goes back to you know, what I experienced <laughs> as a child, where, where it's important to associate reading with fun. And they actually did a study about this where they were getting kids to read to animals, dogs and cats, and they were finding that kids who read to animals, they they increase their reading fluency by sometimes up to 30%. And the kids are more relaxed when they read to animals because animals don't judge them if they make mistakes. And it's a really wonderful program. And so I'm trying to inspire kids to, to do that, to have more fun with reading. And this is a fun, uh, there's a fun section in this, uh, in this book, um, dog man, Lord of the fleas, where, there's there are a bunch of exercises on how to draw. Yeah, is yeah, that that's one thing? I is that new? Um, it started with the Dogman series, where at the end of every every story, uh, there's little instruction place places where you can learn how to draw all the the main characters in the story, and it's been kind of nice because. Kids are reading the books, and then they're going and they're getting pencils and papers, and they're doing creative things. And in fact, some of, some kids are actually writing their own stories with these characters, and it's totally unprompted. No one's telling them to do this. <laughs> they're doing it on their own, which is really nice. Now, now, have you ended up with a whole bunch of kids' drawings uh, magneted to your refrigerator now? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're all, all over the walls of my studio as well. Yeah, it's very inspiring. No, seriously. Do do, do people come to uh, readings and events and things and, and bring you things that their kids have made and, and say, here, you know, we made this oh, for yeah. you? Oh, yeah. I'm being totally serious. Then they are hanging on the walls of my studio. I'm looking at some pictures right now that kids, the kids drew. And it really does... You know, sometimes being a writer and an illustrator, you're stuck in your studio for 10 or 12 hours a day, and, and it's nice to look up at the walls and see that, that, you know, that some of the things that you're doing that are very, very difficult are actually making a difference in, in the lives of, of children, and it, it's, it's really inspiring. What is the process like for putting together one of these books? Do you do, um, you know, sample drawings, you know, to just little doodles as you flesh out the the storyline how how does that how does that work i don't know in my mind i think i think i think in pictures and words at the same time so usually the stories come to me as pictures and words uh, not there's not one that comes first or second they they kind of come together so it, when i make a book it's usually a process of of um of doing both of those things and trying to get everything organized and, and, and in the right order. And, and so you literally are doing, uh, 
frame by frame, drawing the picture, writing in the copy, that that kind of thing. Oh yeah, and 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 I do it uh, sequentially. Uh, so I mean, I start on page one and I I finish on page two fifty or, or whatever. But I I um I don't I don't jump around. I always I I start at the beginning and finish at the end. You don't you don't even uh, occasionally do the end first. <laughs> no, no, no. Sometimes I don't even know what the end's going to be, <laughs> but. But you know we're on a deadline and we have to get this this thing out. So you have to um, you know sit down and start doing it. And and the stories they always figure themselves out eventually. How long does it take to put uh, put one of these together? Usually about uh, six months for the Dogman books. And how how many do you come out with a year? Or do you do one a year and spend the other six months sort of? doing the the business side of it the promotion and you know getting out and meeting people uh well actually i've been doing two a year lately and i have a a, a wonderful wife who helps me out um she's kind of like my manager and i have a, an amazing team at scholastic the publisher of the books and and they're so dedicated and they're and they're they're so 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 wonderful so i really don't have to do too much of the business part now I don't remember if we talked about this last time and and flipperama aside as uh, wonderful a new technology as this is for me um, <laughs> have have you considered or been approached about um, making you know bringing these characters to life through actual animation for big or small screen uh yeah, we're just starting to get into talks about that with um uh, some of the people at DreamWorks and, and some other places. Yeah, so we're, it's in the very, very early stages, but I'm hoping that, that perhaps in four or five years we'll have a, a Dogman television show or a Dogman movie or, or maybe both. And and you think it would be Dogman rather than Captain Underpants? Well, Captain Underpants, the, we've done the movie and the TV show is out now. There's going to be oh. three seasons of so the first the first season is out, and the the next two seasons are coming, and and I'm I'm thinking there might be more seasons after that. I'm hoping so. So, Captain Underpants is it's it's already on the path right now. So, Dogman will be the next big thing. Gotcha. Are are there interactions between the two franchises? There are actually because Captain Underpants is really a story about these two boys named George and Harold, and they're they're in fourth grade. They, they're having trouble in school. They're, they both have ADHD like me. Um, they're make, they make comics, and they're kind of the kids who are responsible for all of the stories in Captain Underpants. And with Dogman, Dogman is actually written, it's, it's written by George and Harold. And so the, oh. it's kind of a continuation a little bit for, of Captain Underpants. So, so these characters are making this new series, Dogman. Interesting, interesting. Um do you see any, uh, you know, this this is becoming uh, a, a series, of course. Um, do you see in, any new characters uh, or, or existing characters breaking out on their own? I'm not sure, really. There's a kitten in uh, in Dogman who started appearing in book three, and um, he's kind of taking on a life of his own so it's very possible that this little little character his name is little Petey, he might start having some of his own little spin-off books someday 
how did you get um, involved with this this notion of uh, uh, reading to uh, to animals, reading to cats? Well, I was I was doing some um, research for a speech I was about to give, and I found out how that there was this study where scientists were watching children as they were reading to animals, and, and there were so many great benefits to reading to animals. And I thought, well, that you know, I'm writing about dogs and I'm writing about cats. This would be a great way for for kids to take it one step further and not only increase their reading skills, but to have a good time. Um. And, and I want to make sure, as I always do, because I know we just have a minute or so left, um, Dave, to share with people where they can keep track of all of the things that uh, that you're doing and, and all of the things that you have done. Um, do you have a website you want to share? Yeah, it's just my last name. <clears throat> it's just uh, Pilkey.com, but also at Scholastic, uh, Scholastic.com, they have a, a lot of wonderful information, and they even have their own uh, place called Planet Pilkey, where you can go and, and keep keep up with all the new books and all the characters and play games and, and have a kind of a rich, interactive experience. Oh, that's great. Well, Dave, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, by all means, stay out in the hall there scribbling. Okay. Thanks so much, Tom. <laughs> it's great talking to you again. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That was uh, author-illustrator Dave Pilkey. He um, really did suffer from uh, ADHD, dyslexia, and behavioral problems. And as he tells it, he was so disruptive in class, the teachers made him sit out in the hall every day. And uh, he loved to draw and make up stories. And there was born Captain Underpants. And now here we are all these years later with books and movies and TV shows in the works. And uh, he is a New York Times bestseller. So it just goes to show you, sometimes uh, doodling may be the right thing to do. Anyway, we're going to take a uh, short break. We'll be back with more after this. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Here's to the mortgage, in fact, here's to suburbia. Lay down your briefcase far from the rat race where nothing can disturb ya. Uncomplicated, it's what we waited for so long in this city. Come, let us go there, live like Thoreau there, a life of sweet simplicity. Did you set the thermostat? No, I don't know where it's at. Tuesday the Cub Scouts meet again. Walk the dog and cut the grass. Take the kids to dancing class. Jim's Little League got beat again. Can't keep a maid here no matter what they're paid. The place has bad publicity. 
To golf and bridge and scuba there Men wearing knee pants Women in capri pants Discussing what's with Cuba there Each big appliance Treats you with defiance Until it finally falls apart Call the repairman In a week he's there, man To knock your kitchen walls apart Fix the garden hose Book of the month Cloud came today Didn't read the last one yet Yes you did but you forget Oh well they're all the same today Here's Mrs. Ritter She's the babysitter Tonight we're going joyously Back to the city Where life is gay and witty the crush there. Hurry, let us rush there. Back to the rat race. Don't forget your briefcase. Back in the groove there. Say, why don't we move there? Away, Away from, from all of this sweet simplicity. another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Music from Two-Tone Corduroy recorded live in the Tom Sumner Program studio last year. I miss uh, being able to do that, but we still have musical guests on Friday. And Mindy Love from Two-Tone Corduroy is going to uh, be my guest during the next hour. And we will have some new music from them. Uh, We're going to take a short break, but we've got lots more straight ahead. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. The Tom Sumner program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner program. 
Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila, tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all-night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the best. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. The interest of goodwill. The Hoffman Beverage Company feels compelled to make this announcement. It's simply this. All Hoffman flavors have that happy taste, except sarsaparilla. We might as well come right out with it. We haven't quite hit that happy, carefree note in sarsaparilla. Now, please don't misunderstand us. Our Hoffman sarsaparilla is absolutely dependable. It's trustworthy. It's loyal. And many fine, upstanding citizens love it. But it just isn't what we call happy. You take our Hoffman orange, it's absolutely rollicking. Our lemon is almost giggly. Our black cherry and black raspberry are so bubbling with happiness, they dance in the glass. They all have natural flavor and famous Hoffman steady sparkle. We're sorry about Hoffman sarsaparilla. Why isn't it happy? Well, let me ask you, could you be happy if your name This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. This has happened to me, I bet, four or five times, and I'm sure it's happened to most of you. You're invited to someone's house you haven't seen for some time, and they have a dog. They have a large, vicious dog, you see. But 
They've had this dog since it was a puppy, and they're very proud of it, and they're completely unaware of the fact that it's now a large, vicious dog, you see. <laughs> and uh, you're kind of on the horns of a dilemma, because you don't know, uh, you know, you don't want to offend the guy by appearing ill at ease, and at the same time, you don't want to get eaten alive by this large monster, see. So you're invited to the guy's house, and usually it, it winds up the evening going uh, something like this. Oh, gee, this is a real nice place you got out here, Harry. Gee, I love this, love this chair. Modern, isn't it? Yeah. It uh, seems kind of lonely out here, you know. There aren't too many houses around. I imagine it gets kind of lonely at night, doesn't it? Oh, you, you have a dog, do you? Oh, sure, I'd, I'd love to see him. Uh, where is he? In, in the backyard? Sure, let him in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hi, hi there, fella. Hi. Boy, he's uh, a lot heavier than he looks, isn't he, Harry? <laughs> well, he, well, he can keep you pinned to the chair like that with just his two front paws. <laughs> you, uh, you just beat him, did you, Harry? Uh, uh, what'd you get, Harry? Liver. Yeah. I, I thought that's what it was, Harry. <laughs> He starts to bother me, just cuff him behind the ear. I sure will, Harry. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> what, uh, what, what kind of dog is he, Harry? Do Doberman, is, is that right? <laughs> See, they, they make great watchdogs, don't they? You nearly tore the burglar to pieces before you could get him off. <laughs> Hi there, fella. Hi, boy. <laughs> oh, you're a pretty dog. <laughs> what, I, what I like a what, Harry? A drink. Yeah, a drink would be fine, Harry. Uh, scotch and water. Uh, you aren't going to have to leave the room, are you, Harry? <laughs> Harry! Harry! Hi, hi there, fella. Hi. I don't suppose you want to get down, boy, do you? Just, just stay like this. You want to play a little game, boy? Want to chase the fountain pen, boy? Chase, chase the fountain pen, boy. There you go, boy. Boy, you're a fast little dog, aren't you? Want to give me back the fountain pen, boy? Don't, don't want to give me back the pen, huh, boy? Chew it up good. That's the way, boy. Swallow it, boy. Maybe it'll stick in your... Hi, Harry. Yeah, yeah, we're getting, we're getting along just fine. No, no, he doesn't bother me at all. Oh, well, if you want to tell him to get down. Hi there, fella. Hi, boy. Well, he sure looks harmless just laying there on the floor, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he chewed my fountain pen, Harry. <laughs> kind of looks like a chow there with that blue tongue, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, oh, my drink, yeah. What, what, what'd I do, Harry? Any, any sudden movements, is, is that right? <laughs> he, he was trained that way, was he? <laughs> Where'd you get him from, Harry? The army. <laughs> Who's army, Harry? <laughs> Why'd they let him go, Harry? Don't, don't tell me what he did to the general, Harry, would you? Uh, it, it was the general's fault, though. Uh, he, he acted afraid of the dog, did he? Uh, and, and they can sense that, is that right? Uh, 
just appear appear at ease on that. That'll make him relax. That 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 sure makes a lot of sense, Harry. Are you just uh, cross your legs or, or say, a little too sudden was that, Harry? Don't be silly. <laughs> no, the suit's almost a month old, Harry. Don't be silly. <laughs> uh, no, he, he, he hardly, hardly broke the skin, Harry. Uh, would I like to see him what? Do his trick. What's, what's his trick, Harry? Roll over. Play dead, maybe, Harry? No. Make, make my hand into a fist? and act like I'm going to attack you. <laughs> I, I believe you, Harry. I believe hey, Listen, Harry, I've got to be going. I, I, no, no, I don't need any more ice, Harry. Harry, don't, don't take... I, I, don't, I don't need any... Harry. Hi there, fella. Hi, boy. What, what, are, you, what are you growling at, boy? The gumdrops? You want, you want some of the gumdrops, boy? Well, you don't even chew it, do you, fella? <laughs> you want some, want some more gumdrops, boy, do you? More, more gumdrops, fella. Yeah, hi, Harry. Oh, we're getting along fine now. We're real pals. Uh, well, he, he sure loves those gumdrops, doesn't he? Uh, only, only trouble is, when they're all gone, he doesn't understand. They're almost gone now, Harry. You, you want to you want to fill the dish up with some more gumdrops? You, you don't have any more gumdrops. The last one, boy, all gone. Last last one, let go, boy. Boy, let go. Where's he dragging me, Harry? Harry, get some more gumdrops, Harry. Harry. This was another Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
AdamSummerProgram.com Hi, I'm Alexander Zajic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. Tom Sumner. 